0: Am I
1: uh, close enough to this thing?
0: Uh, You might have to scooch just a bit. Okay. Okay. Radio voice ready? Yep. Okay. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Angel Talk, Reflections of an Ambitious Angel Mom. My name is Philip Kerrigan. I am the Executive Director of Raise for Rowan, We are the organization that helps families suffering through the loss of a child with funeral cost assistance and emotional support. I am joined by, as always, the ambitious angel mom herself. Say hello to the people, Bryn.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: Uh, Yeah, thanks for coming today. Thanks, (laughs) Thanks, Philip. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. For being glad part we of the could podcast. be here. Yeah, glad we could be here. Uh, so, for those of you who don't know, we are going through the five stages of grief, one stage at a time. It's part of our five week, uh, six week series, actually, because we do have the sixth stage of grief that we have a very special guest coming on to talk about.
1: Can't wait to have her come y- on. Yeah,
0: it's going to be cool. And like I said, I might be overpromising, but the way you guys met, I thought was pretty funny. So, uh, it'd be kind of, kind of, it was no
1: coincidence. I do feel like it's like our stars were meant to align. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, we don't, we're not going to put the cart before the horse though, because we actually have four more stages to talk about before we get to that part. Um, so today's stage is anger. And for those of you listening, even if you haven't lost somebody, uh, everybody has experienced this stage in one form or another either through grieving or just naturally, there are mm-hmm. people who who have found themselves in circumstances in their lives that have made them upset and made them angry and have no idea where to direct that anger. And that seems to be the challenge in this one. As I said, we're going through uh, each of these. i give you a little bit of an overview of what the five stages of grief are all about. In 1969, a lady named Elizabeth Kubler-Ross uh, wrote a book called On Death and Dying. And it described five stages that would become sort of these famous stages of grief that you would go through. She originally wrote them for folks who were learning news themselves about being terminally ill, having cancer that they weren't going to come back from, and how and and how she noticed they dealt with that news. Mm-hmm. But she quickly realized that that could actually be translated to people who are going through the grief of a loved one. And since 1969, it's been used a lot to describe how exactly people go through the grieving process. Uh, with regards to anger, it is definitely kind of considered the second stage chronologically, although i I have to admit and we might get into this. Uh, I have to probably I must imagine that you're experiencing this stage at the same time you're experiencing denial, I would imagine,
1: yeah, I, you definitely can. And I think you can experience anger throughout your whole grief journey. You know, it could rear its head down in another, you know, yeah, five years down the road. Right, but right. I think you experience it along the way. As well with the other grief signs
0: would you say that this is the one that sneaks up on you the most the anger part
1: i could say that's a fair statement yeah um it can just overwhelm you at any time and you're not really prepared for it you know because it's not a good feeling to have so right yeah i definitely think
0: it snaps back in different places For sure. Yeah. So kind of give you a little bit of a description of what the stage really um, kind of entails. Once you start to get to a point where you're not denying the actual reality anymore, and you're actually in it now, you've kind of stopped denying that this isn't something that happened to you, um, it kind of turns more to why me, life is not fair, I can't believe this happened to me, and you find yourself angry but you're not quite sure what you're angry at. You're just angry in general. Uh, You might look to blame others for the cause of your grief, and you might also even redirect your anger to close friends and family. A lot of folks have gone through that. You find it incomprehensible how something like this could actually happen to you. And here's an interesting one, because we've actually talked about this on the show. If you're strong in faith, you might even start questioning your faith in God.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: like, where is God? Why didn't he protect me? Why would God do this to me? Those sort of different, those sort of different things that people do. Researchers and mental health professionals agree that this stage is a necessary stage for grief yeah. and encourage you to actually let out your anger. In fact, that's something mm-hmm. that Pastor Jim, when he's been on the show, has talked about. One of the things he says to people that he meets is, it's okay to be angry. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is it's thought that even though you might seem like you're in an endless cycle of anger, it will dissipate. And the more you truly actually feel the anger, you go through it, you actually actually don't fight it. The, quick, the more quickly it will dissipate. That's yeah. what a lot of psychologists say. And it is definitely not healthy to it's suppress your anger. definitely not. <laughs> so the the lesson here, and I'm sure we'll talk about it as Bryn goes through it, uh, you really have to put it out there. And you have to go through it. So are you ready for these questions?
1: Oh, I guess. All right. <laughs> I told them I, this isn't one that I really like to talk about. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's... It's not fun.
0: This and denial seem like the two that were the toughest ones for you to kind of navigate through in terms of your answers to these questions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So first question, you did make mention in the last podcast that this was one of the hardest stages of grief to go through this and denial. Why?
1: It, It is kind of challenging to answer this question because... As you know that I've said, life is such a blur. You know, Mm -hmm. those first few years are really blurry. So trying to define, um, you know, like why it was so hard to go through the anger phase and stuff like that. It was hard for me to come up with like an exact answer. Mm -hmm. But um, I just think you feel really miserable. And of course, you don't want to admit. Like for me, I never wanted to admit like, yeah, I'm just angry. Like it was something really hard for me to like say out loud or to um, even admit it to my husband. And he would even say, like, you are just so angry. Like, you're carrying around this, like, anger inside. Wow. And hearing it from other people obviously hurt. Yeah. Um, and he isn't the only one that told me that. But, I mean, it's such a hard thing to accept and to admit. Like, I don't want to be an angry person. Right. I don't want to have anger inside my heart at all. And the person I was before – um. Was nothing like that. So it was such a foreign feeling to just be like, I'm angry. And like you had mentioned, Philip, in the description, I was angry, but I didn't know at who. Right. And obviously I knew why it's because I lost my daughter, Mm -hmm. but it's a really weird concept to say, I'm, I'm pissed, I'm angry and feel that rage inside of you, but you don't like really know who to direct it to. You're just carrying it around. Like you don't have anybody to be mad at. Yeah. I would be mad at myself a lot. Um and internalize it. And that obviously isn't healthy. So, I mean, it's a really hard topic to talk about because nobody wants to be that person that's filled with anger or rage or not know how to process those feelings. And, and it's so foreign, like it's a really hard thing to overcome.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So Uh,
0: what are some of the ways that you noticed that the anger manifested itself, um, because it makes mention. You made mention. You don't know where to direct it, mm-hmm. but it obviously comes out if it's if it's in there and unable to be contained. Where did you see instances where that came out?
1: Well, I think with the other uh, normal grieving process, I just think that there can be triggers. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, those anniversary dates can be a trigger. Right. Um, birthdays. You know, if it was like approaching rowan's birthday i might be Mm -hmm. battling anger inside because i'm not actually planning her birthday party yeah you know just certain things like that is like what would start manifesting it and and then obviously just carrying around that anger from the beginning the initial accident and then adding other topics that might add on to that as layers Mm -hmm. and then the longer you you know keep it inside it really turns into bitterness and you know, when you start noticing that in yourself that you're bitter and you're angry, it's, yeah. you can fight it all you want, but until you actually start releasing that, it's not going to get any better. Mm-hmm. And and not wanting to admit it to myself or to my family or my loved ones, and you try to put on a happy face and pretend that it's not really there. It's just getting worse over time. But, um, you know, it's, you, you don't want to admit that to the people that you love that are looking at you and, you know, they're just proud of you for going on another day. You don't want to admit to them that, you know, you're just angry inside, and there's very few people that I actually really could talk to right. about that for a long time. And thankfully, Pastor Jim was one of those people where I felt um, comfortable enough to admit to him, like that I had so much anger. Probably because he did make me feel comfortable in the fact that that's a totally normal thing to feel right, after right. you lose yeah. somebody d- dear to you. So, and it's okay to be angry. And you can hear those words. It's okay to be angry, but when you're really still feeling them and processing them, you still—it's still really hard to accept that that's okay.
0: Right, right. Well, because you know? it's not a normal—it's not a normal thing to have. You don't no. walk around on 24 hours a day being angry at something.
1: Right. So and- you fight that. And then just getting through a normal day, you know, of trying not to be snappy with your kids. So, you know, somebody colors on a wall or, right. you know, doesn't eat your dinner or whatever it may be. It's like those little things that would be minor. If you're carrying around all that anger inside, it's really easy to get snappy and short fused. And that wasn't who I wanted to be, yeah. you know, And yeah. those moments when you do have a bout of anger and it comes out and you're taking it out on people that you love. You feel crappy about yourself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I, that was the other kind of follow up question I was mm-hmm. going to have. When you found yourself in the really angry spots and taking it out on other people, uh, was there an immediate recognition that that was in fact what you were doing? Did you immediately go, "Oh man, I can't believe I just snapped like that. I, I have to, I have to make sure that I
1: control that." I think at times, yeah. Um, I would notice it right away. Like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I just lost my. You know, yeah. cool. Yeah, well, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, cools the good four-letter yes, word. <laughs> yeah,
1: but you know, really, yeah. You don't feel good about yourself. Like yeah. I can't believe I just lost my temper for something that minor. But um, and then I think there was times where I didn't. That just became my normal for a while. Yeah. And then uh, we'll get into this, but like, really, I didn't start to really see that I could be in control mm-hmm. until I started releasing it and talking to a therapist about. Yeah my anger and my issues, um, because it's going to come out somewhere. So if, if I wasn't, you know, getting it off my chest with somebody else or like behind closed doors in therapy or, you know, doing it in a healthy way, it was coming out like in my home, um, or I was just miserable inside because I was trying to suppress it all this time. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's a, it's a heavy burden to carry around. Absolutely.
0: It's a totally, yeah. I mean, you don't have it for a long time. And then all of a sudden it's this new overwhelming Mm -hmm. emotion that you have.
1: Talk about sucking your energy dry too. Like it takes a lot of energy to be angry and to be mad. Yeah. Way more than it takes to be happy. And I was constantly just like tired and fatigued. And I was just sick of feeling like that. Like just takes up a lot of your energy.
0: You know what I have noticed, especially during this time period, uh, where we are, you know, where all we can do is consume things that that like the news that we see, and mm-hmm. there's very is a m- much less public interaction than we've had before. One of the things is that I think people mistake what you just said. Most of the time, people flip it. They, it almost feels like it's easier for them to be angry. But you're totally right. At the end of the day, it is actually less energy to be happy and positive. I, it's weird oh, how sure. people have flipped those, mm-hmm. and they automatically go to negative or anger or whatever when the reality is if you if you attempted to try and be happier mm-hmm. you'd actually have an easier life
1: it feels a lot better yeah but it is a lot of work to get there mm. so i think that's the challenge is people are like it right. takes a lot of work to like heal yourself and yeah. you get to that place to be happy again yeah. yeah so i totally get it sometimes you just think in your head it is easier to just be mad and yeah. angry and suffer internally with this because it's so much work to get to the other side and be happy Mm -hmm. again Mm -hmm. with no matter what they're facing, you know, because obviously anger can come from many other reasons than just grief. So I just do think it's a really hard thing to overcome. Mm
0: -hmm. But it's necessary.
1: But it's necessary for sure. You don't want to live your whole life like that.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: I mean, if I can get to a happier place after just a few years of like going to counseling and stuff, I mean, I feel like it's totally possible.
0: For anybody. For anybody. Yeah. Exactly. All right, so as most of you know, over the last couple of weeks, we've been doing uh, our answer to this particular crisis, and that is trying to find the unsung heroes and silver linings, what we call Rowan's Rays of Light these are just different instances of positive news. We posted a a few videos to the site over the last, to our Facebook page over the last two or three weeks. Last week's was an awesome one on the survivors and and had these phenomenal stories of of folks who are over 100 years old or married for for decades, you know, uh, surviving coronavirus. Uh, This week, I am going to go first, I think, which is a first. first. I found this really neat story um, on a a website called goodnewsnetwork.org. And for those of you who are looking for anything positive in the world right now, goodnewsnetwork.org is a great place to go. They have amazing information.
1: That's funny because that's exactly what I'm on. Ah,
0: that's funny. (laughs) They got a little app, too. It's pretty awesome. I like it. So the um, uh, goodnewsnetwork.org Actually did a um, an article on a gym in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, yeah. That has been helping members stay sober during quarantine.
1: I thought that was pretty cool. I read I, that one, too. That
0: was pretty neat. So they <laughs> so they extended their <laughs> services that they usually do for folks who come in and are looking to, you know, uh, have a gym that has like-minded people who have gone through addiction. Now that they've had to go virtual, they still reach out to the members, and then they quickly realized... Oh man, we can extend this to all sorts of people. And so they're making their services available to anyone struggling with addiction or trying to stay sober. That's really cool. Very cool. That is way we to look out that for, right now. Yeah, Way to look out <laughs> for your fellow man. Yeah, we do that all do so that right cool. now. Very cool. So how about you? You got one off of goodnewsnetwork.org?
1: Yes, I do. Boy, this is uh, a huge plug. This is just so cool. Best ever grandpa. He delivers donuts by the drone to his grandkids in quarantine oh
0: that's awesome
1: (laughs) and this is based out of massachusetts massachusetts oh and um he just said he obviously had extreme cabin fever Mm -hmm. and he wanted to send his grandkids some treats so he picked up his munchkin donut holes and delivered them with his drone to their front porch oh
0: see that's cool that's cool What a
1: good grandpa yeah
0: nice job grandpa that's awesome yeah
1: what's his name grandpa kevin
0: Grandpa Kevin, shout out to Grandpa Kevin. Nice job. Yeah. And shout out to Good News Network. If you want to sponsor the show, we we'll take your money. It's
1: fine. <laughs> of course <laughs> we will.
0: <laughs> You're a wonderful little site. So mm-hmm. that has been this week's Rowan's Rays of Light. Okay, so getting back to the questions, we're, we're gonna talk a little bit about kind of when things started to change for you. When you found that you were able to not not get rid of it but manage it better live with it better mm-hmm. exactly when did you find yourself being able to address and shed your anchor it sounds like it was with therapy no
1: yeah that was probably the biggest improvement i had was starting it around year 3 mm-hmm. after being in my grief and really just owning it because you're in you're already in denial not only in denial of like what your life is and, you know, the loss of your child, but you're in denial that now that you're angry. Like I was denying the fact when like my husband would say like, no, you're really angry. I'd be like, no, I'm not. I'm fine. So I was also denying that. (laughs) Right. Um, I don't think I started to feel better and less angry until I started owning it. Mm. Like, okay, you're right. Like I am, I have Mm. a lot of anger inside Um, and accepting it because you, it's, you're still pushing it away. Like, Nope, I don't have to feel this. I don't want to feel this. But once I actually really did start feeling the anger and, um, I guess trying to do like the healthy outlets, Mm -hmm. like we've talked about, you know, being active and getting into the gym and running or lifting weights. Um, that was huge for me to just have that as an outlet.
0: And was that a recommendation by your therapist at the time? Or was that something you personally just realized?
1: Um, I realized personally that it was something that really helped me and Mm -hmm. I really started to feel better. Um, And it helped with the little things of anger too. Like I said, you know, just your regular duties as a mother and wife, when you're suppressing all that anger inside with your grief, you know, then I was really irritable with my family and that's not who I wanted to be as a mother and wife. So just having that hour or that 45 minutes to go for a jog or go to the gym was a huge outlet for me to take a break just have me time you know and really just get those feelings out yeah and just thinking about how i was feeling while i was you know running or or exercising or whatever it may be yeah. and then obviously the therapy too so once i actually could talk about it with somebody that i knew is not going to sit and judge me for how mm-hmm. i'm feeling mm-hmm. cuz you feel crazy i mean you really do yeah and
0: You feel like you're the only one going through that particular set of issues at that moment in the whole world.
1: Right. And everybody's grief is just specific to them. So Uh it's like even though my husband and I lost the same daughter, we were both experiencing grief so different. Wow. Even in
0: the same household.
1: In the same household at the same time. So, yes, you do feel very alone. And then when I finally got to a place where I could go to therapy – and accepted that that was something that might help me because I was in denial of that too. Mm-hmm, like, nope, mm-hmm. not doing it. Yeah. You know, I went through, and I think this is very normal too, where you're just like, nope, it's not going to help. Nothing's going to make me feel better. Yeah. When I finally was to a desperate breaking point of like, I have to find something to start feeling better. Uh-huh. Um, it, it really started making improvements, you know, uh-huh. where I wasn't as short fused and I didn't feel like I was just carrying around like a shaky bundle of yeah. emotions inside i mean yeah. and i was you walk around like a chihuahua how you're like shaking <laughs> yeah yeah that's like the yeah. only way i can describe it is like for years of my life i just was so anxiety ridden and angry that i would shake like you a chihuahua. were you were
0: working with this like pent-up oh yeah anger yeah for like it sounds like for three years you were working on this
1: work well yeah because i had to find a way to ignore my feelings yeah so i could focus at work because i'd be doing A million million
0: things at once.
1: Yeah, a million things at once, and then, you know, you're going along with your life, but you're suppressing your feelings, and you're not going through those emotions that you really need to release and get out. Yeah. So it took a long time before I was able to sit still and be like, okay, I've got to do this for my own mental health and for my family's sake, you know? Because like I said, nobody wants to be like that angry short fused parent or wife. Like that wasn't who I was or who I wanted to be. And I, it took a long time to see that. And, and then you're embarrassed of that. Right. Right. So big
0: time message I think for a lot of folks is like what you just hit on this work that has saved a lot of people from some, like some additional darkness Right. With the emotional support and the being there for these families, all these families who talk about how important it was that raised for is here and how integral you were in that. It's I think it, it's it's really, really important for people to understand that you were going through all of those things, even while you were helping other people, even while you were doing this work, you were still fighting a lot of the, those feelings, because I think yeah. that maybe that will give people a sense of like you can do a lot of things. While you're still holding on to these feelings. Mm -hmm. But there is this tipping point where now you're suppressing feelings that you needed to actually get out. And you're only using work as a distraction.
1: Yeah. There was definitely some unhealthy habits that I'd created. And that is it right there. You're just suppressing. You know, I would keep myself busy to a point where I was not feeling anything else. Right. So, and then, like I said, you build up this anger inside where it's going to come out sooner or later. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Really interesting. So, um, do you still have bouts of anger today?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, definitely not what it was. Um, Mm -hmm. I do feel like I can finally say I'm at peace and I'm, I am happier than I am mad or angry. You know, it's very rare, but you know, I do still occasionally have moments where I'm just like, why, why me? And (laughs) I get, you know pissed. It's just I think still a normal thing and it doesn't happen all the time um, but there might be a trigger or something where um, yeah like a, a birthday party or oh, yeah. you know things like that where you're just like why can't I have that I life? have those things. Yeah why can't I have that life back that I had that was so amazing and yeah. you know you, I felt very fulfilled and full with my daughter here and then so yeah I think it's normal to still have occasional bouts of anger but it's definitely manageable now we've
0: we've talked about milestone dates do you find yourself going through some of these emotions more around birthdays and anniversary of her passing and things like that
1: i do personally i don't know if that's you know something that's common for everybody but Mm -hmm. that's definitely when i feel you know my heightened emotions for sure yeah with everything yeah so
0: when you so a lot of the things that, that therapy talks about is literally coming to the realization like you're physically almost putting your emotion out in front of you and you're and you're dealing with it. Um, can you talk about, maybe try to articulate the difference maybe physically that happens to you when you're holding on to the anger? You mentioned it that's sort of like tightness, tight wound versus what physically happens to you. What physically happened to you after you began to deal with your anger did you feel like weight come off your shoulders did you feel like you could actually operate more can you talk a little bit about that
1: yeah totally i exactly that i mean when you're carrying around this big burden of anger inside you do feel heavy you feel weighed down i felt exhausted all the time i was always like shaky um i would feel nauseous even sometimes i would have mm. headaches probably because stress or, like, you just have a lot of tension built up. Yeah. Um, I remember even if I'd go get a massage or anything like that, every single massage therapist would always say, you are so tense. Like, really? Yes. Like, you are just a really tense person in general, but, like, they yeah. could feel my tension yeah. when they would um, even try to give me a massage. And then, you know, now today I can say, you just feel like, a weight has been lifted. I feel like I've gotten all that off my chest and I feel normal again and I feel healthy. Um, I felt like I was in a really dark place for a long time. Mm -hmm. And um, I think being able to just talk about it in therapy, it would be lighter and lighter each time I would go and I would leave there. And honestly just crying because I try to be so tough in public, you know, you're holding it in all the time. You can't have Mm -hmm. a meltdown in public. But just going somewhere in a safe zone and being able to let it out and cry.
0: Yeah.
1: I would leave there feeling, you know, ten pounds lighter yeah. of just grief. Just yeah. get it off my back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The physical that is always the thing that struck me is is when you deal with those feelings that your brain is attempting to not have you deal with. Mm-hmm. Once you actually do this the physical sort of change where you're like, oh my gosh, what is this? It feels like something got ripped off of me for some reason. Yeah. It's really interesting there.
1: It definitely takes a toll on your body. Yeah,
0: for sure. Mm -hmm. So we've talked a little bit about therapy. We've talked about the physical stuff, you know, like you actually getting out and doing things. Um, Can you uh, talk about a few other things that did help you cope with your anger along the way?
1: Yeah, I think we already obviously hit on the two major things. The big ones. Yeah. Therapy and exercise. But even if you're, you know, somebody that is against and you don't want to go to therapy or anything, maybe have that one friend or one family member that you can release just some anger or openly admit it. Like once mm-hmm. you can actually like say those words out loud, like, yeah, I actually am really angry inside. Yeah. I think it's huge. It was for me. Um just even being able to admit that to my husband made me feel like a weight was lifted, that I was actually accepting and owning the fact that I was angry and yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think accepting it and owning it, finding somebody that you can talk to about it, um, again, doing things that make you feel good. You know, mm-hmm. when you're really angry, find something that you love to do where you can release that negative energy. Painting, reading, you know, going on walks or the nature, just anything that really has always lifted you up uh-huh. make the time to do those things uh-huh. um and then what i did learn in therapy was when i was always trying to suppress it and i would never have time to feel my anger or cry or let yeah. it out she's like you know it's it's obviously foreign and it's something you're not comfortable with so start with a minute a day or two minutes a day or three minutes a day work yourself up to you know your 10 minutes a day uh-huh. or you can sit by yourself um, in your car on a lunch break or in your closet hiding from your kids wherever you need to. Yeah. And reflect on how you're feeling and let it out. Cry if you need to cry, mm-hmm. yell if you need to yell. Um and that sounds so silly because I remember thinking how ridiculous it sounded. Yeah. But I can tell you it really worked for me. Yeah. Because even if I did take 2 minutes of my time, you know, instead of just keeping it inside how irritated I was and just mad about Whatever. Right. Because you don't even know. You're just mad inside.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's no place you can direct it, which actually makes it worse because you're like, I'm angry and I don't know what I'm angry about. There's
1: nobody to yell at because (laughs) I don't know who to blame. Right. You know, so (laughs) then you yell at your husband and you're like, oh, well, that didn't work. (laughs) But, you know, I think just being able to accept it and talk about it with anybody that you feel Mm -hmm. comfortable admitting it to and and release that feeling any way you can. Yeah. Uh, Punching bag. Can anybody there say punching bag? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I used okay. to have one in my garage. And Did you really? I, I don't anymore, and I really wish I sold it because <laughs> it feels really good yeah. Yeah. when you're just raging mad to go punch a punching bag. Okay,
0: good call.
1: I mean, better that than something else. Right.
0: Better yeah. that than a human. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> and again, I really had a hard time um, owning this, and it's still something really hard for me to talk about. So I hope there's nobody judging that I want to punch punching bags. <laughs> Um, out there, but it really does help uh, to re- uh, alleviate that stress. If I you, think it's a good one. Yeah, yeah, and that's why the gym has been so great for me too. Yeah. Because you're burning off that steam, you know? yeah. Because you don't, you really don't know where it's even coming from. You just have to get it out, yeah. or direct it yeah. in a healthy way.
0: Yeah, that's really. I think that's super important. Actually, being being physical is important right now anyway.
1: Because Philip doesn't want me punching him at the office. No,
0: no. I, I very much encourage punching bags. Because <laughs> I Go to the not gym to on punch. your
1: lunch break, please. You're awfully angry today. I encourage
0: Brynn to go to the gym today because she punched me.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can see the rage in her eye <laughs> yeah. when she walks in. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, uh, so that, I really appreciate you opening up about a lot of that. I know that, that this is a tougher one. Um, we're going to get into probably some stages that will be easier to talk about. Bargaining and acceptance and, yeah. and those sort of different things. This is a tough one. And I know that a lot of people don't really like to admit that they carry anger that they carry intense feelings like this uh, and so we I really appreciate you opening up. I think it'll help a lot of folks
1: and don't feel like you're alone because again, this is a very normal feeling as mm-hmm. after you lose a loved one and um and for many other reasons, you know a lot of people go through this yeah. and we're just here to let you know that it's, it's yeah. normal and it's okay. Like Pastor Jim always says, it's okay to be angry. It's okay
0: to be angry. Yeah. And I think especially in this time right now where there are so many feelings swirling around and we're almost all collectively holding our breath. We're all yeah. collectively even grieving to a certain point. You're talking about 65,000 people have passed away from, wow. from this particular virus. So there's a lot of intense feelings like that bubbling up uh, if you don't address them they're only going to hurt you yeah you know so uh make sure that you do uh, speaking of kind of where we are right now, I want to kind of close with some of our upcoming things. Um, we have converted the run into a virtual run. Details are on the site. Details are going through social media. We're going to be doing something we hope really nice for our angel families who typically like to be a part of the run. This year, I wish we could see you and have you out there, but we're just not there yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will get there soon, but you know, right now we're still we're still dealing with the pandemic. And, and trying to navigate our way through how to do all these things while uh, you know listening to the orders of, of the government and the experts. So yeah. we're converting into a virtual run. We'll have, all the details will be on the site. Uh, we we are still planning for our for our November uh, in person physical event right now we're we're doing that mostly just to kind of hold out hope that we're all going to be able to do it. Um, So we'll have more details for that, but we're really, really just holding off on that. So just uh, you pay attention to the site as you go through. And some of you may have noticed, but we have actually changed up our site a bit. We've added, we've enhanced our angel page. It has different look and feel. So we encourage you to go to raiseforrowan.org and take and take a look at the new site. The angel gallery that we have now has more information on our angels. You can you can see you can see each one, and we encourage angel families to actually go to our site and share a story of your angel, mm-hmm. because we will post that story to the angel page. We want that angel's page to become a place that legitimately uh, honors uh, the children who have passed and allows, you know, mothers and fathers and family members to eulogize those, those angels as best they can. So we encourage you to go to the site and check that out. Um, in terms of that, that's basically it for this week's Five Stages of Grief. We will be back next week and uh, very excited about it. Thanks for joining me, Bryn. Yes,
1: yeah, good to see you.
0: All right, see you later.
1: Bye.